Good morning, everyone. Please join me in our responsive reading that's printed in your worship folder and also will be on the screen. It's titled Spirit. Come, believers and faithful ones, sing your alleluias to God. Praise God, who out of love for all humanity sent Jesus Christ to live among us. Praise God, whose spirit is not hindered by the barriers of this world, but moves freely to offer community and hope. Come, Holy Spirit, dream dreams through us. Imagine with us. Amen.
Please be seated. Good morning. Welcome to everyone. Happy New Year to everyone. We're glad that you're here and welcome you to Community Baptist Church uh, on this beautiful Sunday morning. We hope that God's going to bless you in a special way today. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us and we're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. We'd like to uh, invite our guests to drop by our hospitality table on, in the foyer as you uh, leave this morning. We have a little gift that we would like to give to you this morning uh, as a token of our appreciation for your attendance with us today. Also, I'd like to remind everyone of our attendance sheets. Uh, they're on each aisle on the, uh, the clipboard there, the uh, folder there. I'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out. Give us as much information as uh, you feel comfortable giving us. But especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there. That's a great way to uh, keep up with our worship opportunities and fellowship opportunities and, um, uh, and service opportunities here at Community Baptist Church. So, um, and that goes out every Thursday, so be sure to put your email address on there if, if you'd like to receive that. We're glad that you're here today, and it's great to be in God's house with God's people and so let, let, me, let me invite you now to stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord and share the love of Christ with one another. Thank you so much. As you're taking your seat, I'd like to invite our children to come forward for our children's moment. Mr. Frank is up here. We'll have our children's moment. Come on up, children. Come on up to the front. There we go. Here we come. Well, good morning. Don't you all look wonderful this morning? Seems like it's been a long time since we've all been back together again. Well, my topic this morning is baptism. Ooh. Who knows what baptism means? Ah. Baptism comes from the Greek. Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse in water. And we as Baptists, when we're saved by, 
by our faith, we're baptized. Uh, brother, brother Tim will baptize you back here. So, uh, what? Uh, when? When? When do, when do you think you should be baptized? Don't know. Yeah. You change. Uh, when? When you let Jesus come into your heart, when you want Him to to make take away your sins, and you want to live the rest of your life for God. Uh, we do that. I kind of think of an analogy for baptism, and it's probably easier for the young kids. If you live in a house with all white furniture, all white carpet, all white walls, and you've got no grass in your yard, and you go out and play, what are you going to have to do when you, before you come back in the house? You're going to have to get all the dirt off. You're going to have to clean all the dirt off of you. Well, that's the way it is before you can come into God's house. You have to get all the sins off, out, of your, out of your spirit. So you have to... You have to say, you know, Lord, I'm ready to I'm ready to live for you, get rid of my old ways, and, and, and start living a, a pure life. It's a tough topic. All right, well, we're going to close with a prayer. And I'm, instead of closing with a prayer, I'm going to close with a sinner's prayer. And this is what you would pray if, if and when you're ready for God to come into your life. All right, let's pray. Father, I know I've sinned, and my sins have separated me from you. I'm truly sorry and want to turn away from my past life. Please forgive me and help me avoid to sin again. I believe your son, Jesus Christ, died for my sins and was resurrected from the dead, is alive, and hears this prayer. I invite Jesus to become the Lord of my life, to reign in my heart from this day forward. Please send your Holy Spirit to help me obey your laws, and I will do this the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
be seated. If you'd like to turn your Bibles to Mark, the first chapter, verses 7 through 11, this is our scripture reading for this morning. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved, excuse me, with you I am well pleased.
pray. Lord, I've prayed so many times, and even now I feel as though maybe I don't know how to pray. You know everything there is about us. You know all of our shortcomings. And you still love us, and and we thank you for that, Lord. We're inadequate in so many ways, but you bless us every day. And we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for loving us when we don't deserve it. And help us to be generous in all that you give us. Soften our hearts, Lord, and give us your eyes so we can look around and see all the needs that there are. Lord, all that you ask of us is that we be honest about who we are and that we need you. Help us every day to remember that. In Jesus' name, amen.
Beautiful. Thank you, choir. You know, because of of their age and relative inexperience, children and young people are rarely asked for advice from adults. And I think that's sad since young people seem to have such an amazing power of observation as well as the free time to ponder the strangeness of human behavior. In his book titled Wit and Wisdom from the Peanut Butter Gang, H. Jackson Brown interviews children and young teenagers to get their ideas on subjects like family and and school and and a wide array of topics. And so here are just a few selections from the wisdom uh, that were that was gleaned from some of these children and young teenagers from Patrick, age 10. He says, you can't trust dogs to watch your food. From Emily, age 14, casserole is just another word for leftovers. Chris, age 9, tells us that you can't hide mashed potatoes in your hat. You have to wonder how he knows this. And from Katie, age 12, you should not be the first person to fall asleep at a slumber party. And this final thought comes from Laura, age 13. No matter how hard you try, you can't baptize a cat. (laughs) Well, I can't speak from experience there. I, I must say that I've never tried to baptize a cat, but I imagine that that it would, it would be met with some resistance on the part of the cat. But of course, it's not always that easy to baptize people either. I've had uh, my share of experiences uh, uh, baptizing people, and some of them were rather humorous and, and difficult. But, but I want to tell you about one uh, that a colleague has experienced, uh, Pastor Drexel Rayford. He tells about um, an experience that he had baptizing young people at his first church in Muldrow, Kentucky. He says that the, the baptistry there was fed by a weak plumbing system, and it normally took about 36 hours to fill up the baptismal pool. However, there was a cork in the system, and, and sometimes the water would gush out fast instead of trickling out like it normally did, which meant that you, you had to keep checking back from time to time to make sure that it wasn't overflowing into the, into the uh, choir loft. Well, Unfortunately, they couldn't really trust their custodian, Homer, to make sure that things worked right. You see, Homer had a tendency to slip off and spend his time at the local tavern. And on one occasion, Rayford asked Homer to fill the baptistry on a Thursday before a Sunday service in which they were planning to baptize nine young people, eight girls and one 13-year-old boy. And then Rayford went out of town, and he came back in on Saturday night, and he didn't think to check the baptistry. And, and sure enough, on Sunday morning, when he came into the church, he discovered that the baptistry was bone dry. Nine kids were supposed to be baptized in just three hours, and there was no water in the baptistry. This was a big day for them. 
And it just would not be right to cancel the baptisms because of a lack of water. So Rayford literally ran to the parsonage next door, grabbed a garden hose, ran it across the driveway and up the front steps of the church, down the middle aisle, and into the baptistry. And in a few hours, in a couple of hours' time, the baptistry was full of water. Right out of a Kentucky limestone well. And it was cold. Really, really cold. Rayford said it must have been all of about 50 degrees, which might as well have been freezing. He says that he himself, even though he, I'll give you a little secret here, we wear waders. We pastors wear waders, you know, when we're baptizing people. And even though he was in the baptistry with his waders on, he even he was shaking because of the cold. And as he he was looking up at the candidates in their skimpy little white robes at the top of the steps, he really kind of felt sorry for them. Well, they were excited. He warned them that the water was pretty chilly. And, And later he says that as each one of them came down into the pool, their little eyes just bugged out. And they became stiff as a board. And he had a hard time getting them to bend enough just to get them under the water. He says the girls did okay, but the boy was a little more difficult. The moment his foot hit the water, he let out a gasp of surprise. And getting him under the water became a wrestling match. Water sloshed out all over the place and gushed over the the glass on the front of the baptistry, soaking the bases on the back row of the choir loft. And as he came out of the water, this young man shouted, Oh, God, that's cold! (laughs) Well, by this time, the whole congregation is rolling with laughter. And, And later on, the chairman of the deacons, who was one of the bases on the back row of the choir, he said, Well, Pastor, that's one baptism that we all participated in. Rayford says he he laughs about this every time he he thinks about it. But on reflection, he realizes that that, the deacon was right. We do all participate in the ordinance of baptism. Not just the people who are being baptized on a particular day, but the whole congregation participates in the ordinance of baptism. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about... Baptism. And I know we don't have anybody being baptized today, but it's, it's good for us to, to think about baptism and what it means to us as, as people of God and as, and, and as people who have been baptized or who one day may be baptized. You see, baptism belongs to the church. And that's the first thing that we need to see this morning. Baptism belongs to the church. And that's true of all churches. It doesn't matter how you perform the ordinance of baptism. It's at the very heart of our faith, of all Christians. And if at all possible, baptism should be celebrated by the whole body of Christ. Now, I know that there are some circumstances which may require a person to be baptized in a, in a private 
setting, and I've done that before. But ideally, I believe that baptism should be a celebration for the entire church, for everyone to be a part of. And that's the first thing we need to know about baptism today. Here's the second. Baptism is an ordinance. You see, Jesus himself was baptized, and and he proclaimed that his followers should also be baptized. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. For him, the, the water was a symbol of the washing away of sin. And, and, of course, Jesus had no sin, and so he didn't need the baptism of repentance. But in submitting to John's baptism, he was setting an example for, for all of us. And he was also identifying with the message of repentance that John had been preaching a message that Jesus himself would take up later as he proclaimed that repentance is a necessary part of living the kingdom life. Jesus was baptized by John. But he knew, John knew, that he should be the one being baptized by Jesus. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open up and the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And so we count baptism as an ordinance of the church because Jesus was baptized. And and we who follow Christ understand that baptism is a central part of the Christian life. But there's something else that we need to see today. You see, baptism is also a sign that we belong to Christ. And in a sense, whenever anyone is baptized, there is a voice that comes down from heaven that says, You are my child, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And it doesn't matter that we are not sinless, as Jesus is sinless. But because of what... God has done for us in Christ, we are accepted just as if we were sinless. That's the good news, folks. That's the gospel right there. You see, we are God's beloved children. And baptism is a sign that we no longer belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus. Episcopal priest Doug Bailey tells about going to Atlanta to officiate the baptism of his grandson. The church where the baptism was taking place has a a nice custom. Someone in the church will create a banner for each child being baptized. And and on each one of the banners was the child's name and the date, the, the date of the baptism, and the phrase on it, Christ's own forever. Christ's own forever. It's a nice custom. Well, the baptism went fine. Uh, Reverend Bailey went through the service and and baptized his grandson. And after it was over, Reverend Bailey and and the family and friends of the family of, of this newly baptized child, they went to a party at the parents' house. And as the mother entered into the house, she took the banner that had been created for her son and put it on a tack outside of the door of the house. 
Well, that same afternoon, some of their neighbors who had been out of town for a week drove by the house. And they saw this banner with the child's name, the date, and the phrase, Christ's own forever. And they were mystified. What does that mean? Christ's own forever. Well, after about an hour, in the middle of the party, the phone rang, and and it was the voice of the neighbor who had driven by and seen the banner hanging on the on the side of the house. And she said, I, I, I'm so sorry to trouble you. And I feel awful asking you this, but has something terrible happened while we've been out of town? And this was followed by an awkward silence. And, and then the voice on the other end of the line asked, did your son die? Well, No. Though we could understand how they might have gotten that impression. Their son had not died. They just wanted the world to know that their son now belonged to God. He was Christ's own forever. And that's what baptism means to us. It means that we belong to God. Baptism is also a statement of where our ultimate allegiance lies. The reason we present ourselves for baptism is that we are making a statement about who we are and about what is important to us. Robert McAvee Brown tells about a time in in 1960 when he participated in a Lutheran worship service in East Berlin. This was just before the Berlin Wall went up. He said there there were not many people at the service. Church attendance was viewed with suspicion by the state and was discouraged. The East German government had developed secular alternatives to replace all the rituals of the church. Nonetheless, He says a young couple came to the worship service and presented their child to be baptized. Well, Brown was amazed. He wondered why this couple would jeopardize their future and the future of their child by insisting on this ancient ritual when a a secular alternative would do. But then Brown thought, this couple doesn't have to answer my question because the, the very fact that they brought their child to church is a public statement of their priorities. Brown says that they were engaging in significant risk because of their faith. And in the face of their quiet public courage, he says, I felt unworthy. This couple wanted to make a statement. Our child belongs to God. And nothing, even the power of the state, was going to deter them from making that statement. There was a cartoon in Leadership Journal a while back that had a subtle message. It showed a church secretary buzzing the pastor and saying, It's Monty Williams. He wants to know if he can audit your discipleship class on total commitment. Now, let me let that sink in just a second. 
The joke is, of course, that a lot of people would like to simply audit the course on total commitment rather than doing the real thing. But, folks, when we understand the significance of Christian baptism, we see the folly in that. Because Jesus certainly did not audit the course that took him to the cross. He took the real thing. And when we live out our baptism, we live out God's purpose for our lives. It's not just coming here on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights. It's not just studying our Bible. It's not just just uh, memorizing scriptures. It is living the life that God has called you to live. That's what's important. We live out God's purpose for us. And so baptism is an ordinance of the church. It's a, it's a sign that we belong to God, and it's a statement of where our ultimate allegiance lies. And one more thing. Baptism is a sign of our new life in Christ. There's a delightful little story about a precocious three-year-old boy named Joey. And as most three-year-old boys are, Joey did not really like taking a bath. And so seeking to overcome his objections, his mother said, don't you want to be nice and clean? And Joey replied, yes, but can't you just dust me off a little? Well, folks, unfortunately, that's what a lot of us would like to do when it comes to baptism. Just dust me off a little bit. One man was considering joining a Baptist church, and he was even willing to be totally immersed in order to do that. He had a friend who was a Baptist minister, so he asked him if he would perform the service. And the pastor, knowing the reputation of this man, thought about it for a moment. He said, you know, if you're serious about this, a mere dipping won't do for you. We'll have to find a place to anchor you overnight. Well, I suspect that a lot of us would need to be anchored for a while to get rid of all of our sins. But folks, what we need to understand is that baptism is not a ritual by which we are washed clean. And neither is it a sign that we're going to quit sinning and be perfect after our baptism. No. But here's what it is. Baptism is a symbol that we have already been accepted by God. And that in God's eyes, we have already been made clean by the sacrifice that Christ has made for us on the cross. And since that has happened to us, we respond by taking on a new life in Christ. Pastor Thomas Pinckney uses a wonderful analogy of this. He says that one summer his boys discovered a large clay deposit in the swimming hole that he had built at his river house. And the boys discovered that this clay made a great body paint. Yeah, you ever seen that? 
They'd get all wet and they'd smear this clay all over their bodies from their heads to their toes. And then one day he noticed that the boys were covered with with clay and and they had this gleam in their eyes and they were whispering to, to one another. And then they turned toward their mother and said, We love you, Mommy. (laughs) And they ran towards her, covered with mud, with the intention of giving her a big hug. Well, naturally, she ran in the opposite direction. I mean, who wants to be hugged by somebody covered in yucky mud? But you know, mothers don't always run from dirty children, do they? Some of you mothers know what I mean. Even if they do get covered with filth themselves. Imagine this, he says. You hear the distressed cry of your child and you look up and your precious daughter has fallen face first in the mud. And now she is running toward you with tears streaming through the dirt. Here she comes. Mud all over her clothes and her face, her her hair, her eyes, her, her ears, her mouth, her nose. What's a mother to do? Do you say, don't come near me? Do you say, you made your mess, you clean it up? Well, maybe if an old, if it's an older responsible child, you might say that. But not to a young child who can't clean herself up. No. You take that child up into your arms, soiling your own clothes in the process. You comfort her and then gently clean all of the, the sand and the mud from her eyes and her ears and her nose and her mouth. You love her, you clean her, and you comfort her. That child has come to you in effect saying, I am a mess, and I can't clean myself up. But if you're willing, you can make me clean. And you're willing. That is basically what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And baptism doesn't make that possible for us. Instead, baptism is an acknowledgement that it has already been done for us in our behalf. We belong to God. God has reached down and wrapped God's arms around us. And in the process has taken upon himself the dirtiness of our own sin. And he has made us clean. And so baptism is our response of faith. It shows the world where our ultimate allegiance lies. And it acknowledges that we are seeking to live a new life in Christ. For those of you who have never been baptized... Maybe now is a good time to think about what it really means to consider making that expression of ultimate allegiance by following the example of Christ in baptism. 
And for those of you who have been baptized, it's always good to remember your baptism. That it signifies that you are a child of God and you belong to to God forever. Amen. We're going to sing an invitation hymn, number 362, Baptized in Water. And this is an opportunity for you to respond. We, we don't have the baptismal pool filled today, so we're not going to take you today and dunk you today. But you know what? If you want to follow the Lord in baptism, you can commit yourself to do that today. And we'll follow up and do that. We'll baptize you in a short time. Maybe that's something you need to consider today. Maybe it's something you need to consider as as you consider your own spiritual journey. Maybe it's time to follow the Lord in baptism. Acknowledging what God has done in your life. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. And He died on the cross as a way to take away the dirtiness of our sins. He was baptized by John and He proclaims to others, to to those who follow Him, that you too should be baptized. If you've never done that, maybe it's time in response to what Christ has done for you. If you'd like to make that commitment to accept Christ as your Savior and to follow Him in baptism, we invite you to do that today as we sing. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. Maybe you've been baptized for a long time, but you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church today. Maybe you need a, a time of prayer today. We invite you to come and pray. You have this opportunity to respond as we sing, baptized in water. Would you come?
Thank you. Thank you so much. Please be seated for just a moment. I'd like to uh, present to you someone who probably doesn't need introduction to many of you. This is Stephanie Pittman, and uh, she's been a part of our church for a while. And as uh, uh, she and his, she and her family have uh, have uh, came to us through Upward initially, and uh, have really jumped in with our church and become a part of us and 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 a part of. Uh, of our family of faith here. And uh, she came to me just a moment ago. She said, I want to know about this baptism. I want to know what this is all about. And I want to know, um, I want to know what, what, what this is and, and what it means to me as someone who wants to be a Christian person. And so she is coming to, to unite with our church and to follow Christ in baptism today. And I hope that you'll join me with welcoming Stephanie here and welcoming Stephanie into the family of God as we arrange for her baptism very shortly. By raising your hand and saying amen. 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 Stephanie, we are so happy for you and we're happy for this uh, commitment that you're making in your life um, to follow Christ. And to follow Christ uh, not only in, in baptism, but to follow Christ in living the life that, that he has called you to live. And we all know that, how many in here are perfect? You see? <laughs> Nobody is. We're all sinners. And we're all saved by the grace of God, every single one of us. But that's the good news of God's gospel. We're all sinners. But God reaches down and gets himself dirty by hugging us and loving us. And that makes us clean. So that's what baptism is all about. And we'll arrange for that very very soon. Uh, and I'll invite you to come and, and uh, speak to Stephanie here and, and give her the right hand of Christian fellowship. As a matter of fact, you can walk with me. and We'll stand back here, okay? And... Uh, but, and and uh, um, I, and I know you want to speak to her and, and to give her a word of encouragement. Uh, just a few announcements I'd like to to make before we leave. First of all, uh, there are meetings that will be taking place today and and this week. And if you'll consult your worship folder, you'll see where you need to be this week. Um, tonight. Um, there are some meetings this afternoon, and then tonight we're going to be having a time of fellowship, a volleyball game, here at the church, uh, 6 o'clock this, this evening. All ages are invited. This will be a, a time of fellowship. I think there's going to be some concessions, and, and child care is available. So uh, to come and be a part of that, we'll just have a, a great time together. Uh, that also means, though, that we need to move some of these chairs around because... Uh, we're going to be setting up a volleyball net and, and playing. So if you could hang around and, and help for just a few minutes afterwards to, to uh, remove some chairs. Uh, Wednesday, we have our regular Wednesday activities this week. We have our children's choir and regular choir at 515, our um, dinner at 545. And then uh, we have business meeting this week at 630. And this week on our agenda will be to uh, discuss the, the budget, the 2012 budget. And we will be discussing this on Wednesday and then voting on it on next Sunday as well. Uh, we're glad that you're here. Let us stand for our benediction. Bless us, O oh God, with the presence of your Holy Spirit. 
hovering over the deep waters of our journey, wrapping us with light and scattering the night of our day. Don't abandon us with our own chaos, spiritless, formless, and empty. Instead, bless us, O God, with the presence of your creating spirit. Fill our empty hearts with love. Bring sunshine to our troubled night. Let there be morning and let there be day. Amen. Thank you.